Hi friends, it's Kayla Rannan. Welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How is everybody doing today? Happy Thursday, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever day or time it is that you're listening. So happy to be back on the mic with you guys. Yeah, so it's 11.21 at night. This is the latest I've recorded a podcast intro, I think, since law school. I've been normally really good about doing it on a Tuesday or earlier in the day on Wednesdays before setting my episode to publish and go live at 6 a.m. on Thursday mornings like I always do. And today has just run away from me. It's been a crazy day at work. Tomorrow is going to be another long day. And I just, you know, it feels really good to be back on the mic no matter how late it is. And even though I skipped dinner, which I'm not too proud about, and I need to go eat after this, But I didn't want to delay getting this up for you any longer because I know I'm not able to do it tomorrow. I skipped dinner for a good reason. Um, One of my friends, she is a 3L. She is graduating on Sunday from law school. And she reached out to me for advice on taking the bar exam. And as someone who was also an out-of-state student taking the Florida bar. And we talked for like four hours I think like three and a half hours that we spoke on the phone. I was expecting it to be like an hour long call, but there was just so much to talk about. And it truly does mean the absolute world to me when someone reaches out asking for advice and help because it's still wild to me that I passed the bar and that I am an attorney. And, you know, I I tell everyone that it's a mental game and that confidence is a strategy. That is the mantra that worked for me. And that is still very much true. And that's still true now about anything that I do, just being confident, knowing that I deserve it and I'm worthy and I believe in myself. And for that reason, I'm going to get whatever it is that I want. And if it's not meant for me, it won't come my way. And that's okay too. And, you know, it's just a testament to all of the growth and hard work that I've put in to becoming who I am and that I can be a mentor and friend and pass along the wisdom and advice that I have learned over the years and share that knowledge with the next generation. It just truly does mean the absolute world to me. And so our conversation went on a lot longer than I expected it to. And I think that we both planned it to, but it just felt really good to chat. And her dad is actually my chiropractor, so I've known her for years. And I think that's what also made it really special is just knowing that someone that I've grown up with and known for such a long time really does value and respect me. And it also means a lot because that has been something that I've been really struggling with in my work life and in my friendships of just feeling like I am such a giver all the time and feeling like sometimes I give so much and I don't really get anything in return and I don't do it with that expectation or hope. I don't do it to get something back. You know, reciprocity would be really nice sometimes and I've just been really struggling with that. And also knowing that I think because for so long I have had walls up to protect myself from being hurt again, that when people do come into my life and want to be there, even if they're really genuine, I just, I block them out because I'm scared that they're not or that they're going to hurt me. And that's something I really need to work on. And I've actually just been going through a big realization lately. And I'm surprised I got that all in under four minutes. (laughs) But I, yeah, it's just, 
today having that conversation with her really just reminded me that I am valuable. I am worthy. I deserve everything that is coming from me because I put so much into the world and I have such a purpose and I'm doing the best that I can and my best is good enough because it's my best. It's the best I've got and you know there's still things I want to work on and improve on and we always can be better but I'm doing really damn good and I'm really damn proud of it and just being able to share that with her and remind her of that for herself and give her the tools that helped me get to where I am is just really rewarding and it means the absolute world to me and yeah I just wanted to share that really fast before we dive into this week's guest this week's episode I want to do a quick suck and sweet of the week and then we'll dive right in. So my suck of the week is just that I've been feeling really overwhelmed lately. And on Monday night, on Monday actually, I went to coffee with a friend and then, and a mentor of mine. The three of us went to lunch and then my friend and I got coffee for like four hours afterwards and just talked and she she was there for me while I needed to process and, and vent and get all of my emotions and feelings out, which is where that realization that I just shared came from. And it felt really good because for so long I had just been feeling like I love my friends and we talk often, but every time I am in a really dark place and need someone, all of a sudden they're not present. And it's because we all are busy and we have our own lives and things happen. But it's just something about not having them there right when I need them or also not being able to tell them exactly why I need them and what I need because I'm scared to be vulnerable. And I'm normally a very vulnerable person. You guys know that. But I just get to that point where like I can't go that extra inch because that's too deep and I'm scared and I stop myself. And so... That was a big realization for me and something I really want to be more mindful of in the future. So that overwhelmed feeling has been really sad and hard this week. And also feeling that that scaredness at work as well of just feeling like I'm not performing at the level that I want to be. And that my bosses want me to be not that they expect it I know that they don't expect it but they want me there because they know I'm capable of it I have the potential but then because I don't feel prepared or because I'm overwhelmed or because I I'm, I'm nervous or because I'm newer and my imposter syndrome gets in the way I'm scared and that holds me back and then I make mistakes that are preventable if I just had the confidence and I was more of a pit bull And that comes with being, you know, sure of what I'm doing and feeling good about it and confidence. And I've just been really struggling with confidence lately. So that's been my suck of the week. And it's something I'm mindful of. And at least I'm aware of it and it's something to work on. And that's what I want to work on in the next few weeks. And my suite of the week actually hasn't quite happened yet. Although that call today really was a suite of the week, just being there One of my mentees got a job today for the summer and, you know, a lot of good things going on for people in my life that I care about and that makes me really happy. But with that also, my brother graduates from college on Saturday and that's a big 
sweet moment because I'm really excited to have my brother back. He's moving home after graduation and I'm really grateful too that as a family, you know, as a Latin family, my parents, that Latin culture of allowing us to come back home after college and schooling and live at home while we set up our lives and our careers and not have to worry about the finances really just mean the absolute world to me to know that I have that that safety net. Um, it allows me to pursue everything that I'm doing and it means a lot to my brother as well. And I'm also just really excited to have him home and have my partner in crime back because we weren't always very close because of our age gap. But now having him back, we are mostly, he's one of my best friends. So I'm really excited for him to move home and to celebrate his graduation. And I'm going to one of my favorite cities in Florida and I have a couple friends there, so I'm going to see them hopefully and go out and have a good time. And I'm just really looking forward to this weekend. And yeah, so my suite of the week hasn't quite happened yet. And it's usually, not usually, they're about someone else. But on my personal note, I'm also really proud of myself for these realizations that I've had and that I'm willing to work on them. And that's a sweet, that's a win because, you know, that's half the battle, realizing it and wanting to do something about it. So I'm really, really proud of myself. And with that, I don't want to ramble on too much longer. So I wanted to introduce this week's guest. Her name is Nicole, Nikki E Designs. She's a local jewelry designer and she's also an architect, which I did not know and we dive into in this episode, which is really cool. I love a fellow multifaceted woman. I love a fellow Latina and Miami girl. And it just was such a fun conversation about creativity and passion and pursuing your dream, even if it seems a little crazy and a little uncomfortable and a little untraditional. And it just, we had such a good time. And I'm really excited because her newest collection for summer 2023 is about to launch. So it's perfect timing that this episode is coming out when it is. Go check out her Instagram. I linked it for you guys, Nikki E Designs. Her designs are so beautiful. I'm wearing her earrings right now. I love her earrings and I want to get more bracelets and rings. I wish I was more of a necklace girl. I'm not, but her necklaces are beautiful as well. And I love that her pieces are affordable, good quality, local, and you can tell the artistry and the passion that she puts into her work and she talks all about her process and I think it's a really great episode and I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you like this episode, please leave a rating and review. Please subscribe to the show, share with a friend, tag us as you're listening and go follow Nikki E Designs. Go follow Nikki, go follow me. Everything's linked below and thank you guys so much for listening and being here and I hope you guys all have a beautiful week and if you are going to the Miami Grand Prix, I hope you have fun. I'm jealous. I wish I was there. I've just gotten into Formula One and it's a lot of fun. I got my dad hooked on it too. And yeah, there's a lot of good things coming. I feel really, really good vibes going into summer and I'm excited for Mercury Retrograde to come to an end because it has thrown me for a loop, as you can tell by this intro. And I'm excited for what is to come and to continue sharing with all of you guys. And next week will be a solo episode on what I have learned in the year since I've graduated from law school to mark that momentous occasion, which I'm really excited to share with you guys. And yeah, I'll talk to you guys 
next week. Thank you so much for listening. Meet Nikki. So Nikki, what's something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you? Probably one of the biggest things that I don't really share is that Nikki Designs is actually my second business. I have a whole other full-time business that I'm an architect and I have a business with my mom where we do interior remodeling and build outs and renovations. It's like a full like construction design build company. I That's mainly where I want to say my inspiration and part of my designs probably come from my architecture background and like the things that inspire me in that way. But most people have no idea. No, yeah, I would have never <laughs> guessed, but that's so cool. I yeah. love that. And like I said, like I was just talking about it off air. Like I love connecting with people that have similar stories to me. And that's something that you and I have in common. Like I have a whole other life besides sharing my life on social media. I have a whole other career. I went to school for an extended period of time. Like so did you. So what made you, like, before we dive into jewelry, like, what made you want to be an architect? Was your mom in that world beforehand, or how'd you get into that? So both of my parents were kind of in the world. My dad was a contractor for many years. My mom's been an interior designer for, like, 35, 40 years now. So I've just grown up on construction sites like I've been on construction sites since I was like a week old not exaggerating so it's like the only world that I've kind of known so for me it was kind of I think my career it it fed into the creative side and like needs that I have in like my career I just always have to be doing something that's creative and that I can be like hands-on so it just really fueled that so it was kind of like a just natural thing that happened that's cool I love interior design I can't (laughs) wait I talk about it all the time like I live at home right now and my we actually just like took away all the winter stuff and like lightened things up for spring and like my mom was like I need your help with like how do I places I want to move things around and I'm like I cannot wait till I have my own place to do this like and like I want to have rental properties and like I can't wait to just ha- play with different things. I'm like, I love interior design. And I think in a, pa- in a past life or in another life, I would have maybe done something more like that. Like I can't do math and science to save my life. So like, <laughs> I would not have been an architect. I love interior design and textures and fabrics and like playing around with all that stuff. And I just, I can't wait to be able to do that for something that is my own. Like the house, yeah. like it's my mom's style. So I, I can, I can modify things here and there like maybe we should do this and it's like very yeah. suggestive and she's like yeah. oh, fine I know that's what you really want <laughs> but like my room looks like it does not fit in this house <laughs> it's completely <laughs> different but you know I, I love all stuff so I think that's really cool and I, I like that it it connects to the jewelry like you would on the outside like not think that they go together yeah but how yeah. it allows you really a lot and the crazy thing is like since I've started my jewelry business I know so many people that started as architects and then became jewelry designers. So clearly there's like, wait, okay. What's that connection? Like, do you, do you, have you like kind of like thought about why, or is it just like a coincidence? I think it's just because, um, especially when it's for us, at least from the conversations I've had with those jewelry designers is that we design our own pieces. So it, we kind of, just like how we can visualize a space, 
we can visualize like a piece or if we see like a mosaic or a tile or some sort of like cool angle, I can see it and be like, oh my God, I can totally make that into a shape of an earring and then I can make it this way and then I'll draw it out. So it's like my brain kind of functions creatively in that same sort of way. And also the nice thing is, at least with jewelry, which is what I don't get from my architecture um, career, is that with the architecture field, you're always bound by your client, their taste, their budget. And with my jewelry designs, it's whatever I want. Nobody gets yeah. to have a, you know? So that's also, it's way more, much more creative freedom. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that, that you get to, yeah, because it, it, as, yeah, if you do a profession, like as an interior designer, like, yeah, it's at the end of the day, someone else is calling the shots. Like you, they, they went to you because you have a unique aesthetic or eye or taste or familiarity with certain like yeah. materials or whatever. But yeah, it's, it, at the end of the day, it's their space. So it's their stay, but that's cool yeah. that you can have, and you have two different creative outlets. And yes. that's kind of how it is for me too. Like I wanted a legal career that I still get to work in some level of creativity and mm-hmm. work with brands and work with people and help them protect it yeah because that is really interesting to me and I love like the creative building of a brand and a process and being a part of that in a legal way and then having my own brand to cultivate and that is truly my own it's evolved as as I've evolved and I think that's you know so very similar there how did you like when did you get into jewelry like when did the the idea spark how did it come to be like where did Nikki e-designs come from I mean I've always like played around and made my own jewelry like I would find things and like modify it myself and like add things to it but it was more in college I was right next to the shop that basically I used to buy all my architecture materials there was a jewelry supply store and they used to offer these like free classes on Sundays and so I just went in there randomly one day and I was like it's a free class. I get to like have a creative outlet from school and it's different. And um, so I kind of started learning there. And then I, w- but I was more making pieces with findings and beads and things and chains that like I would find in the store. Right. And so that was around the time that Etsy came about. And so I had a lot of friends that were like, oh, I want the same piece that you made yourself, whatever you should start selling it. So I started on Etsy. And I want to say like three or four years, but I never really paid attention to it. I would just randomly like post things. I wouldn't, to me, it wasn't like, oh, I had a business. Um, Yeah, it was a complete hobby. And I was in school, then I was doing my master's. So I was not paying any attention to it. And then I want to say after I graduated and I started like building it a little more, I was like, okay, like my personality is like, I can't do anything half ass. It like makes my skin crawl. No, I'm the <laughs> so same I, way. Like, so I was like, I either need to shut this down and just like make things for myself or I need to really like, put in my 100% effort and that was kind of like when I revamped I like did my logo I started looking for manufacturers 
because at the beginning, even when I started Nikki Designs, I was making pieces from things that I would find. So like chains that I would buy off of Etsy or like local uh, jewelry um, stores, but nothing like I had sketchbooks and sketchbooks of designs of pieces that I wanted to make. But I was trying so hard to find a manufacturer that was local and it was very difficult. I want to say it was probably like two and a half, almost three years before I found one. And I was about to, I wanted somebody local. I didn't want to go overseas. I have no, con when you go overseas, you, unless you're going there all the time, I couldn't afford to. Like you can't really confirm and like guarantee the quality you don't know the conditions that um they're working in you don't know how labor how you know workers are being paid and that was like a big thing for me and then I was like okay at least if I can't find one local let's try and find one at least in the states so I was in between one in New York and LA and then like right before I almost pulled the trigger on the one in New York I found my manufacturer here locally and so I love it because I work with them very closely. I can guarantee the quality. They only do small batch to reduce any waste. Um, we try and recycle as much excess silver and gold as possible and use it for the pieces. So it was really difficult to find them, but I was so happy. No, like, but I think I that's did. a testament too to like, you knew what you wanted, you knew what the principles of your business were from the beginning, and you you stuck to that. And I think it's important for people to have that. Like when you are building up the business, be intentional about it. You knew you wanted to minimize waste. You wanted to be, you recycle as many materials as possible and like small batch and like the different, those are different pillars of what was important to you. And I think that's something that people kind of lose sight of they want to grow so fast and they want to scale but they don't take the time to really build it up in a way that it feels right to you and unique to you and that is what people resonate to when consumers they're looking for you know sustainability is important they're going to look for sustainable in every aspect of their lives jewelry yeah. with being one of them so they're going to be like oh she's doing that so I yeah. think that's really smart and everything happens for a reason like you were about to yeah. tell someone else and they're like no, wait, we're here. We can do it. It's like, wait, okay. <laughs> totally. Yes, 100%. And it's been, and like you said, I think that was probably one of the things I struggled with the most those first few years was knowing I wanted to be able to like give, like have this level of quality product, guarantee it. Then also because it was going to be my first time basically manufacturing one of my own pieces, like guaranteeing one that they're going to protect my design rights Two that the quality is going to be there. And then also being able to, if anything does go wrong, they're here, they're local. It's a lot easier for them to like respond and sort of, um, just make sure that I can always give like the best customer service as well as like pieces. And it was really hard at the beginning because I, you always, as much as everybody preaches, don't compare yourself. It is so difficult to not, to like not compare yourself to other brands or to other people when you're trying to grow on social media as well. 
you know, and grow your brand through social media. And I would see all these brands like growing like crazy. And I was like, and the jewelry market is extremely saturated and there's a lack of education. And that's kind of what I've been trying to focus on the last few years too. I was just like educating people, like know what you're spending your money on. Don't spend like $150 on something that let's say is going to tarnish. If you have the money and you don't care, that's fine. But at least be educated enough that that's the decision that you're making and not feel like you got blindsided by a brand. And that's, that's always what I wanted to try and like provide and have has always been at the foundation of my brand. So that was really important. But at the beginning, it was so difficult because I was like, should I just do what all these other brands are doing? Just like either buying pieces that are already manu being manufactured and like bring them over from China and just put my name on it. And I was like, no, I can't do it. But no, but I, think, I, but no, no, I, I, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean because I had the same struggle with deciding, you know, do I pursue a traditional law career or do I go on my own? Like, what does that look like? Um, or even as an influencer, like, should I create the content that everyone else is creating, even though it's not me. And like that, that was something that I, I really struggled with. And I, every time I would try to do it, I just, I either didn't want to go get up and shoot the content, like, or I don't know, because I just knew deep down, it just wasn't right for me. So I think it's really cool that you, you stuck to your, your intuition, your gut, and you, you trusted that. And I think there's so much to be said for taking your time with it too. Like you built it up over several years started off as an Etsy business, you realize like, I do want to pursue this, but I need to take the next step. What does that mean? Like making a plan and taking your time because you had another career going for you. Like not everyone can afford to just like quit and start from scratch. Like when they want yeah. to start, you, you took the time to really build it up and know like, is this right for you? And they got to the point where you had to make that choice. And I think that we're we're losing sight of that because nowadays everyone's an entrepreneur and it seems like they just pop up overnight. But I think it's really cool that you were like struggling with that like decision and there was a lot of intention and thought process behind it. Cause that's something that is similar to me. Like I I I'm starting to be more open about it. But up until October, I was hardcore and know that I was gonna go off on my own and start my own firm. Who am I? I have no business doing that. <laughs> I just graduated from law school in May. And yeah. it took me months to accept that. And talking to mentors and talking to my parents, talking to my friends and like everybody else was telling me I had to go for it. And I was the one putting, pumping the brakes. And yeah. the only person that was holding me back at that point was me because I was scared. And it's so funny. I was in Ecuador. Oh, in it, is it was fine. It was, <laughs> no, it was terrifying. I was in Ecuador in January and we did like a spiritual cleaning with an indigenous woman and like they rub an egg on you and then they crack the egg open and whatever is in the egg is like your your condition, whatever's plaguing you. And she said, fear, espantoso. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not scared of anything. What do you mean? And then I like, I was like, okay, whatever. And then that, that night I was laying there in like, I was just like, wait, like it's dead silence. I don't know what, why we were just laying there in the whole, the Airbnb. But I was like, wait, like, holy crap, I am scared. I've been scared all this time. And there were other things that I was scared of too. Like part of it was like friendship and relationship. And then part of it was career. And I was like, holy crap. Like, yeah, I'm fucking terrified. But yeah. I just knew like it was 
what I needed to do. And then like two weeks later, I launched the firm like publicly. And I was like, I just have to make this decision. I know that that's right for me. But it was like several months process of like going back and forth and asking myself these hard questions and making the plans and little by little doing each step, you know, the bank account one week and the LLC the next week. And then, you know, the accounting and the software the next week and like taking your time with it because I had another job that allowed me to do that. Even though I knew this was right for me, I still took my time with it to make sure it really was ultimately what I needed to do. And I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I can't go as far as say I've never been happier, but I think I'm the happiest I've ever been in a really long time, if not ever, because I made that choice intentionally. So I think that there's a lot to say for the way you did it too. And taking your time with it. Cause that's important. Like yeah, you don't want to just, a lot of people do it, but you didn't want to just slap your name on something. You wanted it to yeah, mean something to you. Yeah. It was definitely a struggle. I mean, um, between like that, like what of my pieces. And then also because I had my other business, you know, you see these brands like growing so fast and I just had to like, ke- like keep reminding myself that like, listen, as long as you're still growing, it doesn't matter your pace. As long as you're still growing, like you're growing, you're moving forward. You don't have like, it's great. And I applaud everybody who can be doing like, let's say their side hustle or whatever full time. But both of like my other business takes a lot of time. And you still love it. And you still love it. You still want to do it. You love it. If I was miserable, like, and I hated it. I probably would have ended up like, forget it. Like I'm only going to do my jewelry, but I still enjoy it. I still love it. So that's also like the battle sometimes, but (laughs) it was definitely a struggle to like, and still to this day, just like reminding myself, like, don't compare yourself. Like you're growing at your own pace, like your quality over quantity, like just constantly trying to remind myself. (laughs) And and to like, the consumers that come to you, your customers, one, you become friends with them. You're, you are excited when they're excited. You're sharing when they share like that. Not every brand has that. Even the small ones, some don't care about that. You genuinely want to make the connection and be friends with your consumers. And that's something that is really important to you. And consumers will come to you because of that, or because of the sustainability aspect, or because the material that you use because we were talking about it off air hypoallergenic and you need they they're looking for certain things you know and so everyone there's enough to go around for everybody like there's a lot of different brands and it's very saturated but clearly you're very successful so you have a a a consumer base every brand has something different and that you know you don't have to rush or try to hit every single person in the market because you know sometimes that's not necessarily the best strategy taking your time with it and really being intentional will attract a certain type of consumer. And those are the people that you get to build those connections with and those relationships and the friendships and all of that. And I think that's really special too. Yeah. Yeah, no, it has been like, I'm very glad. Like I have definitely my ups and downs being a freaking business owner is extremely, it is like being on a roller coaster without like the railing, like, you're holding on for dear life. You have no idea what's going to happen. Like there's been so many learning curves, like whatever it was like me, I, I had never 
had a business where it was like product-based, like my architecture business, technically service-based. So learning also like the ins and outs of that, like making a website, using Shopify, like doing QuickBooks on my own, packaging, shipping, the cost of shipping, doing international, like doing pop-ups in person. Oh my God. (laughs) So much, so, so much. But I love it. And honestly, it is like, it's like a reset button for me with my other business as well. Like, it's almost like I get to be creative. I love packaging orders. Like, I love the whole process for me, like from designing the pieces to like putting it into production, like the whole process. Like, I honestly love every single step. That's awesome. That's really cool because I feel like so many people get into it too for the wrong reasons. And then, I mean, there's something to say for outsourcing the parts that you don't want to do or that you're not good at so you can grow and be efficient. But I think as the owner, when they have done every single role at some level, at some point in the, the length, the, the age of the company, like it's, they, they know. So they're more respectful. They're, they're kinder to their employees. There's, you can see and feel that in the product that ultimately you you get. I, I feel like also you get to find, um, people to work for you for what you really need because when you've tried and had your you know what the yeah you know what the problems are you know what the problems are you know what you really need you know the support that you need you know what this person needs to handle it's not like oh we're figuring it out so it's definitely and I think it also when that person starts you get to help them a lot versus it being almost like a whole learning curve for everybody yeah and Also, yeah, you hire for your weaknesses. So if someone brings something new to the table or a new method or process or skill or whatever, it only adds, but you knew that that was something that you needed when you were hiring them. Like you saw that you're like, oh, yes, you would be a great addition or maybe not what we're looking for. And you're just, you're smarter about it. What was the hardest part about the growth? Like in that sense, like the delegating or the building of the team, like that, the, the admin side of things, what was the hardest part for you? Well, I mean- I'm still on the jewelry part for the business. I'm still 100% on my own. This year, I really want to hire for last quarter um, because that usually tends to be the craziest for me. And the last two years, I really like, I end up burning myself out too much. And then I get sick for like a week. And it's just this like, not a healthy cycle (laughs) or habit. So I really want to try and hire somebody for for then. But really at the beginning was when I found my manufacturer and I gave them all my designs, like those were like my babies. And so for me, I was like, okay, like I need one, I needed to find like NDA and protect all my, my pieces and make sure that like, it wasn't going to be made for other people or anything like that or sold behind my, my back. So they, and they basically offered from the very beginning and then also once they started doing the pieces I was like can I be in there every day I need to watch what you're doing like I was so yeah it takes a lot of trust and trusting in other people yes a lot of trust because I at the 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 first collection was the toughest because I definitely I was I was in there and 
I had to sign like an NDA and everything because they never let anybody that's not their employees go into their manufacturing part of, of their warehouse just because they're same thing. They're creating designs for other, for other brands. So I was in there, you know, had to leave my phone outside and I was in there and I was just in there constantly for like three weeks or a month watching every step. And I was like, I need to make sure that you're, even though I know you know what you're doing, I need to make sure you're doing it right. And I think that was really after that one, I was like, okay, I can let go. They understand me. We speak the same language. Like they got where I was also coming from. Like I was small. And so that first collection was a huge investment for me. It was like, you know, 10 grand that it was a huge, a a huge trust on their part, huge investment. And then the second part was putting that collection to sell. I was like, I just put $10,000 of my own designs. How the hell do I know if this or what if nobody likes it? What if nobody buys it? Because it's not like the stuff that you find everywhere that's like trending right now or like the most common pieces that you find everywhere that I, you know, I can figure it out and I know it'll sell. I'm like, oh my God, how, what if it all goes to shit? (laughs) It was so, oh, it was a total roller coaster. It's still to this day. Yeah, it's it's always going to be a Every single collection. I was like, and sometimes like I design and I'll like show my friends and my family and I'm like. But you still (laughs) have that fear. I'm the same. Still have that fear. no. All my first few contracts, I would like, my dad's not a lawyer, but I would have my dad review it and be like, does it make sense? Like, do you think that someone would like it? Like, does it, does it work? Like, <laughs> so I'm the same way. And I'd go to my mentors and I second guess everything. I'm like, the client has this issue. Like, is this good advice? This is what I originally thought, but I don't want to say anything without asking someone first. Like, yeah. so I get it, but I think, you know, it, it pays off and it's more rewarding, I think too. And I don't know. Did you have like mentors or did you take any courses to help you with the business side or knowing to have an NDA or when you were signing with a manufacturer, like reviewing that contract, like the legal honestly, side of things, like that side honestly, of the business? Honestly, like I, especially like in the beginning and before launching, I didn't tell anybody that I was like starting my own thing, that I was going to like do my own jewelry brand because I was, I, was not confident in like, I'm gonna have my own business. And I didn't want to have anybody's opinions. While I was still in like, almost like this very crucial moment. And Google became my best friend. So for me, like, I love helping other people. And I mean, I've already been doing this for six years now. I've met a lot of small business owners. And I'm always like, Oh, my God, I know where you've been if you need help with anything. Like, I helped one of my friends completely shift her old website into Shopify. We spent like a whole weekend doing the integration. I helped her out. And like, I love helping that way because I know how difficult it is. But also, I appreciate when people at least put in the effort to try and figure things out on their own versus sitting back and just trying to have everybody else give them the answers. Like for me... I didn't have anybody to ask. There was, I didn't have friends that had small businesses. I had influencers were just starting to be a thing. Like people, I didn't have anybody to really like 
get feedback from or what should I do? So I Googled shit out of everything. Oh, same. And- everything I learned, I learned on my own. I had no one helping me do it. And yeah. through through that, I started like every time like I would connect to someone, I'm like, oh, like I would like put a nugget out there and kind of if mm-hmm. they were receptive, I'm like, would you be willing to get a virtual coffee? Like I love what you're doing and I want to learn more. And I would do it under the guise of like learning their story. And then whenever I felt comfortable, like now I knew I could go to them and ask for help. And I love mentorship and I love when law students or pre-law students come to me and I can provide that help because that's the whole reason I started influencing to begin with. I started writing a blog with my law school experience because no one was talking about it. And I was like, why? Like I need to vent about this. Does anybody (laughs) else feel the same way? Like, is anyone else struggling? Like just as bad as me? Because all my classmates say they were struggling, but they weren't the same struggle. And I was like, there has to be like more people out there. So I started just sharing my experience and sure enough there was. And now people come to me like, I want to go off my own. I don't know if the traditional path is for me, but I see that you're doing it. And I would love to learn like how you knew to go this route. And I'm like, I kind of just did it without (laughs) really knowing, but because I knew in my gut that that was right. Yeah. So like. I will tell you my story and I will help you however I can, but like, you kind of just got to do it yourself and figure it out as you go. So I think that's, that's super smart. You have, you have to put in the work at the end of the day and you have to figure it out on your own because your struggles might be different from theirs. Same as my struggles might be different from theirs. You know, I think I didn't really have, especially at the beginning, I think now I've met more women um, owned businesses and I've become a, with friends with a lot of them and we feed off of each other and those are the kind of people those are the women that I tend to like go to and ask questions and like you know how I have a friend that right now we were speaking because I'm planning on doing my first like big wholesale trade show and she's done already like two or three and she was like of course Nikki like whatever questions you have like I was like, listen, I did my research. This is like what I have. But like, what else can you think of? Like, I don't want to feel like I'm underprepared. Like, what is your experience? Like, can you handle it on your own? Because I know it can get busy. Do you need a second person? Like, things like that. And so she kind of gave me her point of view. But definitely at the beginning, there was no (laughs) Google was my mentor. (laughs) Yeah. Where do you, for someone who wants to kind of go into this and is starting to do the research, do you have any like resources that you recommend that were really crucial for you? Well, if you want to start a business doing jewelry and like you're designing your own pieces, the best thing, and that's kind of how I, that's how I found, ended up finding my manufacturer, the one that I use now is I went most of the wholesale, the big wholesale trade shows they tend to have a sourcing trade show. And so that's where like all the manufacturers from around the world and locally in the country go, whether it's for fabrics, for denim, for handbags, for shoes, for jewelry, they have like a whole trade show just where manufacturers go and they show you their products, they show you their process. And that's where I ended up finding mine. And that's also where I found like the one in New York and the one in LA that I was in between. So that's a great source. And especially because they always bring products to the shows. So you can see it, you can touch it, you can feel it, you get all their direct information, you can ask them as many questions as you want, because that's really what they're there for. And it's just like, a great show. And sometimes like, I've been to those shows. And 
I'm like, man, if I was like designing handbags or something, there's so many amazing products and like sustainable products, things that people are developing. Like I would go to that manufacturer and that's not even my brand. So it's like so many things that also spark your creative. Um, yeah. And you, I don't do any of this and I want to go, I just want to see it. Like, I think that's so cool that you can just it's super be cool. around all of it and that you get creative inspiration from it too. And you make those connections and you may not use them, but if someone comes to you, you're like, Oh, actually I know somebody. It's a huge, they always do these huge conventions and it usually tends to be like once or twice a year. And they usually have them in New York where they tend to do all the big trade shows. So in New York, Miami, Vegas, and I think think there is one in Atlanta that they also do um so they have a bunch that are available and it's really it's great too because they have a bunch of like activations they have a bunch of panels and speakers that go different brands different manufacturers that speak so it's super interesting you learn a lot you meet ton of incredible people and brands and companies that are doing amazing things that and that was something that I didn't know until like after like two years of trying to find manufacturers from like just through Google, I would put like custom jewelry manufacturer in Miami, custom jewelry manufacturer in New York. And I would go before like to visit the factories and try and set up meetings and have conference calls and Zoom calls. But that that really was like the most helpful, the sourcing. No. Yeah, that's, that's cool. And it's cool that you did it the old fashioned way. And like, doing it yourself and then having the experience of having these trade shows and kind of comparing like the information you're getting to you had something to back it up so yeah again goes back to like there's something like do it yourself first and if you really can't figure it out and then you're and you're stuck then you ask someone but you have something to bring to the table as well um like they're, they're, it's not just like teach me everything like a puppy it's like okay this is what I've got am I on the right track what can I do differently so I think that's really cool. Is there, you said you like the whole process. Is there any particular part of the process that you enjoy the most or any particular material or piece to design? Like what's your favorite part? I think probably my favorite part is kind of like what I call like design vomit. That it's basically just like when I have these like just flow of creative designs coming off of me and I just like, I just draw and draw and draw on like my sketchbooks and they don't necessarily have to be perfect or to scale or with measurements, but it's just getting like my idea on paper. And so many times like I'm, you know, designing a collection and I will go back to through my sketchbooks and be like, oh my God, this ring idea that is from like a million years ago would go perfect with this collection. Let me develop it. And that like process of like, figuring out the shape and like the size and the proportions that I want. And then when I actually get the sample, it's like you get your, it's like a physical piece of your design. So it's almost just like, I always think about it as like a painter that like they have this vision in their mind and they put it on a canvas. It's like you put it into fruition and you see what you had in your head and what you maybe sketched out. And then now it's like this physical piece. So I think that's very rewarding. And I mean, there's pieces that have taken me like two years to fully design, like that I'll go back and I'll edit and I adjust. And then I'm still not 100% happy with it. 
and then I'll like take a few months where I don't look at it and then I go back to it and then I was like I think I can tweak it this way and it'll be perfect so I think just that process is my absolute favorite no that's so cool I I don't have something similar to compare it to in that sense but but just for me the idea of doing this and it, it came to me two years ago like initially and there were many iterations of what that would look like and you know many conversations with so many different people like soul searching like deciding if I was really even going to do it and what it was going to look like what it was going to offer and it's changed even like since I've launched it's a, it's changed and it's evolved and so I think it's really cool when you you see it kind of yeah come to fruition come to life and then also when I'm sure that you experience this but like when you have your clients and you go through these processes with them and they thank you or whatever it's like so yeah. it's like an even more rewarding feeling like this is amazing like everything yeah. that like enjoyed and I put into fruition like somebody else like put their hard-earned money into and are thanking me and like enjoying it and is helping them in some way so that's yeah that's it. yeah no one of my 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 first law firm client like they they came to me because they found me on TikTok and I was like really of all places that's like Instagram <laughs> makes sense TikTok like my TikTok is tiny and yeah. I was like oh god I talk about so much random crap on there when you follow me you know like it's random it's there's no I, mine is super random mine like is it, super- it's 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 not as professional as Instagram because it's that's my like fun page like let me yeah. just do whatever I want on there but they found yeah. me on TikTok <laughs> and whenever and I was like and it's a big person like this person is very successful influencer and she started following me on Instagram and I was like why is someone with a blue check mark following me okay I'll follow her <laughs> back like and then weeks later is when I got an email from her all of a sudden and I was like wait okay they, they they see they like what I'm doing and they would love to like learn more about my firm and work with me and I had just I hadn't even launched yet it was a Monday I launched that Wednesday because like okay I guess someone wants to work he's like I should probably put this out there make it official I was not prepared yet I was not ready like I knew that it was coming but it yeah. was I was like I kept saying February and then I did it the last week of January because I was like well I, I'm gonna say yes to this person and send them a contract I should probably have like everything figured out and she was like they we every time we talk it's just like they're growing their business they're starting out and they like that I'm also starting out and we're growing together and we're learning and like we the first contract that we did like there was tweaks and there was modifications the first project and like then we had like a call on Friday to go over systems and processes and how we want to adjust moving forward and I was like I'm sorry like I'm still learning like no like we we're learning too like we learned a lot from this process too so like it thank you and I was like okay that takes the pressure off of me that like, it's okay. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Cause I'm willing to go figure it out. And they respect that because they're yeah. also doing the same exact thing. And, exactly. and yeah, so I think same thing, like tweaking the process and the systems and, you know, and being honest, like when I make a mistake with the client or with anyone, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I'm learning. How can I do better? And asking for that feedback and taking the time, you know, yeah. new set of eyes in a couple of days and looking at it again, it's like, okay, like, does this feel right for me and and making it work for you I think that's really really cool how do you balance it like they're they're two different businesses and they take a lot out of you in different ways how do you like walking through like a week in your life how do you like do you do like Monday Wednesday Friday for this business Tuesday Thursday for this like how do you 
manage both. Honestly, this is probably the one thing after six years I have yet to figure out. <laughs> oh, I, I working a full time uh, two different jobs. I yeah, I'm still figuring that out too. Basically, like I work both of them full time. So my like nine to five is my architecture business, but in reality, it's more like seven thirty eight to like six <laughs> is architecture, and then usually when I get home at the end of the day is when I focus on my jewelry business, but that's, it kind of goes in waves. The thing with the jewelry business too, because typically when I'm designing a collection is when like on the weekends, I'll just like dedicate to like designing, doing the drawings, doing the 3d drawings, like making sure I finalize everything, figure out the measurements proportions to then start making samples and then that time period kind of in between, I'm fulfilling orders and like reaching out to my wholesale account and fulfilling orders. But um, it's not as, I want to say, crazy time consuming. I'm still not like my business is still growing, but it's not at that point where like I need to be eight hours every day in front of a computer or like crazy fulfilling orders like if I have crazy days of fulfilling orders like I'll just stay up late and put in the hours I need to put in so that they go out the next day or like on the weekends I'll just work through the weekends and then when it starts to pick up again it's kind of like I want to say those like three weeks to a month before a collection launch so that's kind of most likely like the busiest time because I'm prepping for the photo shoot. I'm figuring out models. I'm figuring out all the content we're going to shoot, all the looks we're going to shoot, like making sure the pieces are all clean here, that they're, you know, that they work for everything. Then like sending pictures to like wholesale accounts to see if they're going to want any of the new pieces. That's really when it gets, and then doing all the content for like social media, emails, like that prep work. But I try to, the way that I've been able to organize it a little bit better, and it's helped me a lot, is when I work on the weekends, I typically try and do like, let's say on Saturday, I'm going to dedicate Saturday to like setting up my emails and like my email blast for like the whole month or the next two weeks. So that already takes something off my plate. I got it over with. And then that also helps me with usually my social media kind of goes hand in hand with my emails. So then from there, I'll pull like the content that I'm going to put on social media. So then I'll dedicate like the next Saturday to just like planning content and scheduling it out. But that's helped me a lot because at the beginning when I was just trying to do it every day for the day, it was it was too much. It just yeah. seemed like I wasn't putting the right effort into it. Like it just wasn't good. So that's kind of like really where it's helped me. Um, but yeah, there's not much balance. I'm also kind of a workaholic. So no, I'm the <laughs> same <help>. way. <laughs> but I'm the same way. If there, if he needs to get done, I will stay up and I will get it done. I will figure it out. Yeah, because it's a small sacrifice to. Yeah. You know, I, you want to do both things. I want to do all the different things I'm doing. So I will find a way to make it work. That's a yes. big question. I get asked, like, how do you do everything you do? I'm like, everything that I do, and I've been saying this since law school, is like, it's either a necessity, like there's classes I have to take that I don't want to take, but I got to take them. So I just make time for it. 
Yeah. And if it's like stuff that I'm choosing to put on my plate, it's serving a purpose. There's a reason why I'm doing it. It may not be exactly what I want, but it will allow me to get exactly where I want to be. So I'm intentional about it. I have a purpose. And if something is no longer serving a purpose in my life, I find a way to remove it. Whether, yeah, it means I'm backing out of commitments I made or ending a friendship or whatever it is. Like once I no longer fits with me, I have no problem being like, I'm going to take a step back and decide like, do I remove this or not? And I think that's really important that you're just willing to make time for it because you're not willing to compromise. You want both things. And you're, if, if you were, you truly want it, you're willing to put in the work for it. So I yeah, I think I, I always say it's kind of like part of the growing pains of growing a business and like, yes, obviously it would be ideal to get to the point where I have a few people working for me and then I can delegate some of those things and I can just like maybe just do the creative design part and like setting for photo shoots but like I wouldn't have have to handle let's say like fulfilling orders or dealing with wholesale accounts or maybe like planning um content for social media so that this is kind of like the growing pains to eventually get to that point where I can have people that I can be on my team and that I can grow the business so I can have more help and can delegate and then I can have you know the weekends off and things like that but for right now it's just like it's just you gotta do what you gotta do (laughs) yeah and the growing pains are worth it and they're again I think it makes it so much more rewarding I am like I I I can confidently say like I, everything happens for reason. Like even looking back, like you learn from everything, even if it was like, Ooh, maybe I shouldn't have done that, but you learn from it and you grow from it and you take it with you. Or if you have a bad boss, you know how you don't want to be when you are a boss, if you ever have the opportunity to be, or what you're looking for in your next job or whatever. So I think, you know, the growing pains, they're, they're growing pains for reason, but they won't last forever. And it'll, yeah. you'll, you'll get where you're going. You just got to put the work in. What piece of advice would you give to someone who not necessarily jewelry, but just wants to start their own business or has like a side hobby that they're like, maybe I should pursue this more. Like, let me, let me lean into this a little bit more. Do you have any advice for someone like that? I think my biggest advice is be kind to yourself be patient with yourself because you're one person you're figuring things out and i mean i'm a perfectionist um so at the beginning it was very hard when i was like why can't i figure this out or why can't i find a manufacturer or why can't i do this like why 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 it's like me 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 and it's like no you're figuring it out this is part of the process like and don't be so hard on yourself This is all, it's going to be worth it because when you get to that point when you're growing and things, you kind of find that flow, you're going to appreciate those moments so much because you, like you were saying, you learn so much from them. And now you know that if it ever happens again, you know how to pivot, you know how, it won't stress you out, it won't freak you out, you know, you won't, it won't keep you from sleeping at night. You'll be like, oh, it's fine. I've handled this before. Like, it's no big deal. We'll just do this instead. So I think it's just being nice to yourself and just putting yourself out there as difficult (laughs) and as hard as it is. Like when you start your own business, you never know how it's going to go. And everybody is in that position. 
it doesn't matter what point you start. Like if you start with money, with no money, if you start with an idea, no idea, everybody has that beginning where they have no idea if it's going to work out. They, it's all up in the air. So just do it, like try it because it's better to have tried it and failed than, you know, not trying it and then get second guessing why could I have done it? Would I have been successful? Like, why didn't I do this back in the day? So just be kind to yourself. 100%. I love that. How many collections a year do you do? Like, what is the, like, are you working on something now? Like, where are you at currently in the the process, the cycle? So this has also been a struggle of mine. Um, Before I was always like, you know, these big brands and they come out with like six collections a year or something crazy. And each collection has like 25 pieces. Like I can't do that. (laughs) I don't, you know, those are huge investments. And also I feel like there's an overconsumption when it comes to jewelry as it a lot in the fashion industry. So for me, I try to do two, three collections a year and make you know, small batches, make them intentional, make them high quality, make them pieces that aren't necessarily the trendiest, but that you might spend a little bit more money, but is something that you can wear for the next 20 years. And you're not gonna feel like, oh, I'm, this isn't in style. So that's kind of like what I focus on. So it's usually two, three collections a year, typically spring, summer, and then holiday. Um, right now I'm at the craziest part of spring collection. So samples are coming in, prepping for the photo shoot. So hoping by the end of this month, beginning of April, we launch spring a little bit delayed because of supply chain issues and just like, yeah, what what was that like? Like you, you started before the COVID craziness kind of happened. And now we're kind of sort of out of that. What has that been like, like figuring out the the manufacturing, the supply part? So it's a lot because even though my manufacturer is local, sometimes from where we get the, we source silver and gold are in other parts of the country. Um, So depending on labor, delays with shipping, anything like that, like before the pandemic to do a full collection from the beginning of like my design process, like from sketch to final production, it was typically three months. That was like on the long end. Now it's like six months. So it's a lot longer of a process. You have to be very patient. Um, yeah, so and spring and summer, you're kind of working on simultaneously then. Correct. I've already... And I'm already working on holiday. So that's also the other thing that like, sometimes like, I am not a jewelry brand. And I don't knock on any other jewelry brands that do this. But I'm not a jewelry brand that like, buys my pieces from a wholesaler. And it's like pieces that they manufacture, and then they just put their name on it. Like all my pieces I design myself. So it's a lot longer of a process I can't just go into a website and place a huge order and have it here in a month like I have to think about a collection about six months before and start working on it and the whole process and 
you never know what's gonna happen and I thought like I was in good standing to be ready for like beginning of March and it was like no delays and more delays and things happen and sometimes like when you do a sample the sample isn't exactly how you imagined it or how you wanted it it's too heavy so then you have to tweak and you have to start again so then it's like another three weeks that it takes so it's definitely a process it's a lot longer process now than it was before yeah oh same trademarks too everyone's like I want to do it now and it's like well it's not a 14 month process but yeah we could start like are you sure like are you are you okay with that like because I can't get I can't control it and it's like but it's such a big investment like yeah unfortunately it is a big investment you won't see the return on for a while but it's still a necessary investment at some point or you when you're ready like hi I'm here but it'll be worth it when it comes out and yeah, I can't imagine working on three collections at once plus a whole other job. But I mean, I have my own like <laughs> version of that too. But I just think that's wild because it does, it, it's so personal to you. And yeah. so there's, there's more of that there as well. But I think it's really cool, everything that you're doing and how you got into it. And I think I'm excited to see where it goes. Like you've been doing this for for a few years, but you know, I think you we've talked about this like you know you're you've grown a lot faster than you expected recently with social media so think good things coming I think for everybody and that's exciting can you tease a little bit about the spring collection because this will go up right around when it launches so spring collection is which is the probably the second time I do this the only other time I've ever done this was like four years ago so this is gonna be a mini collection but it is a collection that is a full collab collection with somebody. And normally for spring and summer, I tend to do a little bit more daintier, lighter pieces. And usually for holidays when I do like more statement, but we decided to do like a more statement uh, collection for spring, like edgy, cool girl, um, street style, I'm super excited for it. And some of these designs, like I was very happy with like the ideas that she was throwing my way because I kind of had already been developing some of the pieces and already had some ideas and we really came up with some really nice pieces. And I think that, I I mean, I hope everybody loves them, but I think they're, they're statement pieces that are different but not so different where, like I said before, that, you know, 10 years from now, you're going to feel like I can't wear this anymore because it's like so not in. It's something that's like a twist on a classic, basically. So I'm very excited for. That's exciting. That'll be so cool. I, I love when I I love when I see like two brands, of like especially local or like an influencer that I follow in a local brand and they like work together and I'm like oh my god that's so cool like I want to do that one day that would be that would be cool so I'm excited to see who it is and the collection when it comes out the one thing that actually I am really excited about not only are they statement but also I always try to design pieces that like you can wear more than one way so it's like more bang for your buck and we designed some really cool pieces that are like two in one three in one pieces that are like, so they might be a little bit, let's say more expensive or more statement, but you can wear them three different ways. So, so I'm very excited for that. 
yeah that's 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 cool i yeah versatility is important especially with jewelry because you know it they there it's you don't want necessarily i mean some people can't afford to and have the space to have a lot of different pieces but not everyone can especially starting out or younger girls so it's cool when a piece can be worn multiple ways so i think that'll be really cool i'm excited to see where can everyone find you where can everyone shop shout yourself out (laughs) um well you can find us on basically every social media platform at nikki e designs and then our website is nikkiedesigns.com. Cool. I will link everything in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I can't wait for people to listen and to go shop. Mm-hmm.